God had said to Israel, uh, you're best off without a king. Mm. And they had said, no, no, we know better. <laughs> we want a king. The future belongs to those who control the culture, and the culture belongs to those who control the conversation. So we are having the conversations you wish you could have at church to build a safe and vibrant community. This is the Oz Table Talk Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Oz Table Talk. My name's Luke and I'm at the table with Dave, Ben and Dr. Dan. Welcome. Hi. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Dr. Dan. So if you have uh, watched our uh, previous episode on in this series, you would have seen us talk about David and so you probably already know Dan, but for those who are jumping in at this point, Dan, can you... Introduce yourself, oh, and maybe, okay. and maybe for anybody that something ha- have seen both, yeah, like maybe, yeah, share something a little bit different. My, my life is not that exciting. I don't know if there's more <laughs> different things. Um, what else do I like doing? Um, yeah. I live in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I, I love it uh, in a property by choice. Mm. Uh, I live in a regional Queensland town by choice as well in Australia. Mm-hmm. I'm originally from Mexico. Mm. There yes, you go. You didn't Something mention that last time. Yeah. 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 We didn't mention? Okay. No, I don't think you okay. mentioned it. I'm originally from Mexico. I've been in Australia for almost 18 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And in my spare time, I am a psychologist. <laughs> yes, because yes, yes. that's not any kind of commitment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like, I always say that. And actually, I don't know if that's how my website has it, you know, but uh, I hope it does. Otherwise, I'll have to go and change it. And the reason for that is I want to believe that um, that's not what make, defines my life. You know? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I liked how you introduced yourself last time. You said, first of all, you are a husband and a father and a child of God. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, your primary commitment. Yeah. Hey, look, we, we got we got what you meant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. that's your primary responsibilities yeah, yeah and that's a good way to look at it yeah so uh, I want to ask you a question off sure, the cuff he has no preparation for this okay tell us something surprising about yourself it's okay we don't, we don't have any preparation for anything what are you talking no. about um, something surprising about Dan oh that I think is surprising yeah something that well, would be surprising to people that don't that know I, you well I, I this is what said in the other episode though yeah uh, but uh, I know that when I do for example I do therapy groups and parents groups and things like that and we always talk about talk about something about yourself and we do this thing that i half resent but it's part of the process sometimes i do it with somebody else another therapist which is two truths and one lie oh, okay. you ever heard of that yes ah. so i was like oh, i don't want to lie but anyhow well, yeah uh, but it's for the fun of it to yeah, yeah. And identify what is the lie and i always say hey, you know i i have a podcast i have three kids and i am a, i run marathons uh, that's the part that I think I don't know if you've seen where I'm going with this, but yeah. most people say the lies hit the marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thinking, I don't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I usually have that jacket, so you don't really see my physique, and mm-hmm. my face is not shaped as a slim or pile like you're with your beautiful beard. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I don't look like a run marathon. Oh, there you but go. But then maybe the people get some, I guess what I'm saying. But the truth is, he only has two kids. Yeah. The truth is, I don't have to do. But I think people get surprised by that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what else would be surprising. Oh! Here we go. I don't know if I should say this. Uh, but <laughs> oh, well, then you definitely should. <laughs> Will it incriminate oh, you? For, for, for various reasons, I don't know. But okay. I don't want to. We can cut it out. This, this is a no, we can't. We're live. And, and I, never, I will never say this again. And if it does sound like funny, please do cut it out. It's going to be live, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I did a doctorate in, in psychology. Uh, usually in, in clinical, specialized in suicidology. 
Uh, that's not surprising necessarily. It usually goes three, five years. I did it in 20 months. Wow. Wow. You're a surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Especially because you just told us you were doing that whilst working full time. Henceforth, I told you the Yeah, you went gray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a killer. But, Actually, uh, this is a new look because normally you, you're fully shaven. Correct. Uh, uh, to the liking of my wife I left whatever remains see his commitment he's a husband first oh no no next year it's going off next year it's gone Ah, it's just too much work hey listen uh, we can't be perfect husbands right (laughs) (laughs) we could try Um, but anyhow that's that's cool thank you yeah that's okay just thought it'd be fun yeah no that's good so you you get to do that to him another time okay oh (laughs) no (laughs) next next episode yeah (laughs) yeah that's it by then you you, you like settled in so you're part of the yeah part of the team then and so then you can start like firing barbs to others that's right can i introduce saul Yes. so we can get on track yeah. um, so I wanted to start before we look at Saul I wanted to just give it that little bit of context so mm-hmm. Saul is kind of introduced in 1 Samuel chapter 9 if I'm correct mm-hmm. um, but in 1, chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 8 there's a really interesting sort of precursor to the ministry of Saul as the first king of Israel mm-hmm. and that is that God had said to Israel uh, you're best off without a king mm-hmm. and they had said no no we know better <laughs> we want a king yeah. and God had spelled out to them exactly what would happen uh, if they had a king, right? Yeah. And and they could have just looked around them to all of the other nations that were surrounding them and realized that, that was true, yeah. right? But they wanted to be like the other nations. They wanted to be sort of respected, if you like, by the other nations. Yeah, they, the they, 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 they saw the prestige of the other nations and that blinded them to all the bad stuff you're right. about to mention. Right, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and so, yeah, God says to them, you know, if you have a king, this will be the behavior of the king. He'll, he'll reign over you. He'll take your sons and appoint them to his chariots. Um, he will uh, appoint captains over the thousands of his, uh, of his armies. Um, etc, etc, etc. I mean, it just gets worse. So I'm just going to stop there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then God says, okay, if that's what you really want, he sort of gives them over to use the language of Romans chapter one to what they wished, right? Mm. And he says, okay, you can have a king, right? I've mm-hmm. told you what will happen, but that's your choice. Fine, that's fine. And so um, he then, uh, in respect of the children of Israel's um, wishes, yes. he then uh, appoints, uh, well, not appoints, but but asks the prophet Samuel mm. to go and anoint a king uh, of Israel. And that's where we meet Saul, right? Mm. So I just right. thought it, it's interesting, the context. And I'm, I'm going to be curious to find out from you, Dan, whether you okay. feel like that has any impact then on what we are going to read about Saul. Okay. Um, so, but then let's, let's just read the introduction of Saul. So they're looking for a king. Uh, Samuel uh, said to the men of Israel, go uh, to, to his city. Uh, and it says in chapter 9, verse 1, there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel. I'm not sure how to pronounce these words. Son mm-hmm. of Zeror, son of Bekorath, the son of Aphia, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person than, uh, than he among the children of Israel. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. Okay. So that's the introduction that we get to Saul, right? Mm-hmm. He was a tall, dark, and handsome man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just like yeah. Dan. <laughs> Just like Dan. That's I right. I don't know about the tall part, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess the question here is, what do we know about him? And you just read it. Uh, let's just dissect them again. Mm. You just say he was—he was—he was good looking. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he was. He, the interesting thing he, he was—he was from we could consider one of the lesser of the tribes in mm-hmm. some ways. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know the Benjamites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not necessarily bad, but um, they're tiny. He's not was, the most they prominent. The, the smallest. Yeah, that's mm. right. Um, but, but it does say that he came from a good pedigree, right? Because he says that correct. his father was a mighty man of power. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So 
So uh, as you gave the context, which I think was really good, is that God gives into, okay, I'm going to help you to, and hopefully in the helping you through this, I, I, I agree to what you're requesting, you'll see your error, or you get back to my ways. Mm. But uh, he chose somebody good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so because God made the, cho the choosing in all of the kings, at least from the beginning, and uh, later on he sidetracked into, you know, whoever was the son of the son. But yeah. God, oh, we could we could challenge that idea, actually, that we know the Bible says God places and removes kings. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, he chose this guy, he chose the best. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what went wrong? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the big question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it doesn't even take that long. Right, like for him to go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How long did it take? I don't know. Well, I mean, obviously, About one chapter. Or? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like you know, he's annoyed. How many years is that chapter? Yeah, that, that's what I want to know because he's appointed king, or either that or something. Nothing significant yeah. happened through that time frame. So yeah, chapter ten, he's anointed king. Uh, he's yeah. proclaimed king. Chapter yeah. eleven, he saves Jabesh Gilead. Uh, Twelve uh, is his coronation, and yeah. thirteen is the unlawful sacrifice. Okay, so that's that's not. That's not a lot of story <laughs> before things start going pear-shaped. Yeah. So when, I don't know, when you think of Saul, mm. what comes to your mind straight away? Hmm. Good question. Yeah. Later um, life or early life, right? Yeah. Like my initial thought is always War, uh, in pursuit of David, right? Like, okay. I, I so think a persecutor. As a persecutor, mm. typically. Okay. So, but that's not how he starts, you know? Uh, no, like, I, think like, I, I think I think of him as a powerful man. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And and, and and that comes right from the beginning that, that, that he was, you know, the tallest sort of, you know, we could say the strongest man amongst Israel, right? Yeah. Um, but then even through his, his reign as king, like he was, he was yeah. quite a powerful king. Yeah, okay. Uh, until we met David, of course. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He killed his thousands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he killed his thousands. Yeah. Um, funny, you know, when I think about David, uh, mainly because of the way it ended up, I think of somebody a bit of egomaniac. <laughs> David or Saul? Is, yeah, Saul. Sorry, Saul, yes. Saul. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I'm in okay. Yeah, Saul. Uh, egomaniac. And that's an mm. interesting thing because it tells you how we can mess up something that was so good. Good, right. So we are all can have a bit of a risk of something. Right. Um, and yet, if we were to think about the, his mental instability, we know a couple of things in terms of his... Um, of some of the treatments that he had. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I mean, obviously you're not in my mind, but what do you think in terms of treatments? Is there anything that you can think of that was used for him to, something that it's well known, usually, that made him feel better? Yeah. Music. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 100%. Calmed him. Yeah. Okay. And so, okay. So they, they, that's when we, because mm. we don't know, we have a, we had gaps into how he went. You know, last time we talked about Dave, David and and David, uh, we we had a little bit more insights into his, his not only his background but how he went through some traumatic experiences. We could maybe argue the same for this guy, mm -hmm. but he obviously is having music as somebody who you mentioned calm calming down. So he was afflicted by something. Mm -hmm. He was afflicted by something um, emotionally. We could yeah. argue maybe spiritually. I don't know, yeah. but there is some level of turmoil. Right. Can I just jump on the back of you saying um, an egomaniac is kind of what, what comes to mind for you? Um, I wonder, you know, there's that famous quote by Lord Acton that says, absolute power, uh, sorry, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts, mm. absolutely. Mm. And I just wonder, like, what would Saul have been had he not been placed in that position where he had to be the king of Israel? Yeah, well, um, 
I, I don't know. Maybe he will have been uh, better. I usually say it. I joked around and I, I truly believe this, that I believe that God hasn't made me a millionaire, wealthy man because I probably will lose it. Right. Mm. Uh, I know how much I waste what I have. <laughs> and imagine if I had like just More. to throw. <laughs> yeah. So... But having said that, God does say that he doesn't give more than what people can bear. Mm -hmm. So Saul could have, bore, uh, have, have uh, handled the situation. Right. But something, something definitely went a little bit right. patiently mm -hmm. wrong in there. Do you think, though, that that would have contributed to what you were saying, that there was an affliction in Saul's life? Do you think that that power that he had um, and maybe the responsibility could have been to do with that yeah. affliction? Potentially, yes. But let, let's go back to the... In, in, this is a good contrast to... By the way, when I say egomaniac, I've said it very loosely. I, I don't know if he classifies to the full extent of sure. the word, but there is elements of that. Mm. But if we go back to contrast his life with that of David, which we talked about last time, we have a lot of similarities. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of differences. For example, David, we, we kind of like agree... The interesting thing about David is he came from a prominent tribe, mm. Judah. Yeah. Mm. But he looked like, you know, he was a shepherd boy. He was yeah, as, not as necessarily high. a prominent yeah, family. He was a nobody, but from a, a good tribe. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and this guy was from a lesser tribe, but he was like a prominent guy. Mm. Like mm -hmm. a chief, son of a chief. Big fish in a small bowl. Correct. So yeah. that's, a diff that's a contrast. Then the other part that we have then now, we have similarities, such as both of them uh, were chosen by God. Mm -hmm. We know that, that long little journey. But then when we talk about the practicalities of the experiential and then their, their life narratives, both of them uh, went through what we talked about last time in terms of war. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. very similar. Yeah. That's uh, the first thing that he does, basically. He's, he becomes king and then he leads them and sa saves Jabesh Gilead. Yeah. So mm -hmm. he, he yeah. has that he goes to the military lab. experience. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he does. So that on its own will have left him quite... Um, we already talked about that last time, but for those who didn't yeah. watch or listen, uh, traumatized, mm -hmm. yeah. traumatized. Mm -hmm. And that affliction could have come from that. Mm -hmm. that, that affliction, or at least will be a contributing factor without, uh, a, doubt. Mm -hmm. without a doubt. And it's, it's a bit hard for us in our context to understand that. We spoke about this when we we're talking about David as well, that they, were, they weren't just kings who directed from their palace. They were frontline, you know, yeah. fighters in the in the fight. These kings of Israel, um, at least <laughs> Saul and David were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so, like you said, this is this is like firsthand trauma that they're experiencing yeah. because they're actually slaying people. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'd just like to um, move us a little bit further forward in the narrative where, where it talks about the, his unlawful sacrifice, right? In, in, yeah. In yeah. 1 Samuel chapter 13, mm -hmm. it says, Saul reigned one year, and when he had reigned two years over Israel, he chose for himself 3,000 men of Israel. 2,000 were with Saul at, at Michmash and in, uh, in the mountains of Bethel, and 1,000 were with Jonathan in Gibeah of Benjamin. The rest of the people were sent away, every man to his tent. And Jonathan attacked the garrison of the Philistines that was at Geba, and the Philistines heard of it, and Saul blew the trumpet throughout the land, saying, let the Hebrews hear. And so he's calling the people together, and so there's this thing that's going on, mm -hmm. but um, there is a, 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 they want to make a sacrifice before before it's happening, basically. So, but down to verse 9, it says, So Saul said, Bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Mm -hmm. Now it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that mm -hmm. Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. And Samuel said, What have you done? And Saul said, 
when I saw the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash, then I said, The Philistines will now come down to me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which, has, which he has commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, that the Lord has commanded him to be a commander over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Then Samuel arose and went up to Gilgal, to Gibeah of Benjamin, and Saul numbered the people present with him, about 600 men. So, uh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I I was just going to say, in this, so two years into his reign, he is presented with a situation where I think this is probably the first evidence we see of that ego trip that we were talking about yeah. where he goes, okay, well, he's not here in time. Samuel's not here to do the offering. And so I'm going to jump in and I'm going to do it myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, moving away from the psychology and just from the normal, yeah. uh, you know, the logical of the narrative, mm. doesn't it sound a little bit too harsh? Mm. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking. Obviously, he, he the, the the problem here was his egocentrism and his probably rush uh, thinking. Say like, I cannot wait for this guy. I'm just gonna do it. Hmm. There's a couple of things that come to my mind. What was wrong about sacrificing for God? I mean, um, through since Adam, through the history, people were hmm. doing this. I mean, we see mm-hmm. Abraham doing it, Isaac doing it, and Jacob doing it, and everybody sacrificing for God. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't he do it? The way that Samuel responds to him indicates that there's been a very clear directive. And so I I think that what we're looking at here, thinking about it chronologically, right? But prior to this, the the Levites had been given the responsibility of sacrifice. Correct. And so um, because that's happened in the Exodus experience, every child that was born, every firstborn that was born who would have been the priest of the family was brought back and that that responsibility was given to the Levites. And so it was very clearly understood that that was not appropriate for him to do. So it was, and I think that's exactly what's taking place in here. And that's what will have an effect on his, in my lens, Mm. (laughs) it's mental stability, which is disobedience. Mm -hmm. Disobedience, uh, it's one thing. His ego... And his um, the way he saw himself will be another. Mm. I don't imagine. I don't know how this was, and we we. I don't, this is not even extrapolation. This is just holy imagination. Yeah. <laughs> but Saul, um, I don't know if this conversation happened in private or Saul will usually have people around him. You know, his confidence, mm. uh, and so that will have been quite damaging to himself. Saying, you know, the mm. the priest is telling me off. Mm-hmm. I don't think he will handle that well. We know his ego was a big part of his life mm-hmm. uh, because also, Ben, you would, you mentioned that idea of the thousands and the thousands, the thousand and ten thousands. Mm-hmm. He didn't like the fact that somebody was better than him, mm-hmm. uh, more successful than him. Uh, he was having more Instagram followers, more likes, <laughs> more downloads in the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <of the podcast. laughs> and he hated it. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was like, this is not right. Mm-hmm. And that was the demise for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe you're, I mean, maybe you're right in that. Why can only the priest do this? Yeah. Why, yeah. why can't I be king? Mm. <laughs> why did the old man have to come and do the sacrifice from right. my behalf? Uh, Cain, uh, this, when you were reading that part, Cain came to my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Good intention. Right. 
but uh, maybe it wasn't that good intention. And so Samuel says, somebody after God's own heart is going to come, yeah. which mm. we know it's David. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't have this good desire. It wasn't like, this is a sincere sacrifice. Right. I believe God will have spared him otherwise. Yeah. Mm. Also came to mind when you said, you know, doesn't this seem a little bit harsh, um, you know, yeah. Samuel's response? Um, is that like because Saul was the leader of the nation, he had a greater yeah. level of responsibility to, to do exactly what God had said. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll qualify the, the, the reason. I think I sidetracked in my attention deficits, but <laughs> 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 I qualify what I was saying in terms of harshness. The reason why I thought, isn't it harsh? Because when we do that parallel comparison to David, yeah. I'm thinking... <laughs> yeah, I'm. Aren't you glad that I'm not God, guys? Because yeah. Yeah. David will have been gone long gone before. Yes. Mm. Yeah. But God knew the intention in the heart, right? Right. Mm. But David had a responsibility. We talk about him. You know, he killed people. He, mm. he was homicidal, mm-hmm. um, lustful, and oh, whatever he did. We talk about him. But this guy is like he's doing a sacrifice for God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. He's yeah. coming and singing and praying in the altar doing of a, the church, doing a good thing in yep. a bad way. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And yeah. I, I think though that this was an attempt at redemption. Um, you know, from Samuel to to, to question uh, Saul in that way, mm. uh, because of that level of responsibility, it's kind of like you know, um, do you do you are you willing like like we talked about with David to acknowledge you know the, the place where your heart is at at the moment, yeah. recognize that you know you might have you know come at it with what well, looked like good intentions, mm-hmm. um, but actually you know God sees beyond that, mm-hmm. um, and then if if Saul had have been able to acknowledge that and move forward from a different um, uh, place mm-hmm. yeah. in his heart and and to actually act the way that god had had in, intended him to mm-hmm. then maybe saul's ministry would have been very different from that point forward mm. right yeah right. well yeah, i, I yeah, think yeah. that's a brilliant point because there's a bookend to this story right if you fast forward <laughs> to um to chapter 15 where he's talking to the um the killing the war that he spared king agag right mm-hmm. yeah and at, at that point <laughs> there there is some intervening time in, in between the two but the same, similar sort of thing. The command was to to obliterate them, to to, to kill all of them. Mm-hmm. And Samuel arrives, and he's like, "What's going on? What's going on here?" <laughs> and and Saul's response is not, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I messed up." His response is, "I've done what God commanded me to do. Like you know, pra- like give me some praise, show yeah. me some love. Like that, that, that <laughs> that's his approach." And I'm like, "Is this guy branded? Like where where is he coming from?" But you know, it's so hard to see how he's justified. Yeah, mm. but but see the thing, he says, you know, like I, all I did was spare Agag. You know, yeah. basically I took a trophy, and that's okay. Mm. And for his own self, yeah, mm-hmm. he goes that's back right. to yeah. feed him it's back self. Yeah. yeah, I know. And and Samuel's response is like, well, okay. And what is this bleeding of oxen that I hear? Like, you know, why why did you take all these spoils that God said don't take? Yeah, and and I love Saul's response because he's trying to shift the blame there. He goes, oh, but the people, you know, I, yeah. I, I couldn't control the people. <laughs> I find that... No wonder you're not going to be king for long. (laughs) (laughs) But I find that amazing because he's saying I can't control the people. You go back, I think it's one chapter or two chapters. Oh, he has full control. He has complete control. (laughs) He says nobody's going to eat a single thing until this day's done. His Uh, son eats some honeycomb that he finds on the way and he's going to kill his son because he ate something. And I'm like... You've got plenty of control, you know? Yeah. And so this is just him trying to evade. But yeah. obviously he feels convicted, right? There is something... He senses his own inadequacy in his role. He senses the, that mm. he has done something wrong after he's called out on it. Up yeah. until that point, he has spun a narrative in his own... And I'm interested yeah, to hear what yeah, you think yeah. about this because 
in in my understanding of the way I read the text, he has sufficiently convinced himself that what he's doing is right. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that it was consciously, oh, I'm going to go do the wrong thing. It was, well, like under these circumstances, what I'm doing is what God would want me to do. He has convinced himself that the that disobedience is mm. actually God's plan for him. Oh, that's an interesting concept. This is God's plan for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, you, you say, you know, uh, that maybe he changed or he started to believe what wasn't really true. And yeah, there is mm. actually evidence that shows that we, when we hold, but behold, you become changed mm. and you can change the way you see reality. As a man thinks. Yeah, yeah that's the reason why, yeah. even when you go forensic psychologist, of which I am not one, I did study forensics in my master's, but it's not, I'm not qualified, but they do say that. Uh, we, when you go witness accounts in court, you actually have to hold back some of the evidence and narratives, and they are not exposed to the accounts. You actually away until you are meant to be witness, because otherwise you start creating false memories in your mind. Hmm. So you can actually change the way you see things and hmm. start thinking, "I'm doing the right thing. Hmm. I, I'm, 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 I'm the good guy here. Hmm. Uh, why am I being hmm. scolded?" Hmm. I, I think you're on the dot in there. I think you're on right, right uh, on target. How, just well, on that point then, because yeah. obviously accuracy is important, right? Yeah. And so obviously it's important in court. But I mean, even for ourselves, is how can we make a point of, of keeping, keeping our own mm. understanding, our own self-awareness accurate? How, what can we do for that? Because obviously it wasn't helpful to him. He got himself into a really bad place as a result of rewriting his own narrative to fit his biases. Mm. How do we avoid doing that? Well, one of the things that I can think of, as you were mentioning that, mm. is making making David's position was difficult. Mm. And I'll, I'll respond the, the the idea, but I made, David's position was difficult David because he was a Saul. Saul's position was difficult because he was the king. He was a great, uh, op- in some ways, maybe oppressive because you mentioned he didn't have control. Mm. So everybody will be around him, probably not giving him the most sincere counsel. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so that's where, and this is where the practical is. Uh, I, one potentially, I mean, just talking about the practical everyday life living, uh, having surrounding ourselves with honest people who tell us, hey, you know, this is messed yeah. up. Accountability. You need accountability, yeah, accountability. Making sure that, uh, that not only the people who tell us great things about ourselves are the ones that we're surrounding ourselves mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that is important. Uh, one of the things that I ask us uh, in, in therapy sometimes to some of my patients who have a little bit of a struggle with self-worth is, hey, I, I want you to do an experiment. Go out there with people who you care, the most important people in your life, and say, hey, what do you think about me? And we break down different questions, but the, the gist of the whole thing is, what do you think about me? Give mm-hmm. me a sincere account, mm-hmm. things that I can grow for, uh, opportunities of growth, and as well as you know things that I, I have of value. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we talk about that. We don't necessarily, because the idea of here is, you know, increase a little bit of more security and and, and the positive attributes that they don't see. We don't go into the negative parts Mm. as much. Mm. But for this, uh, for this purpose, bringing, asking somebody, actually, you know, everybody who listens to this, us included, let's go and do that and see what people tell us. Are they being Mm. honest? Daniel, you are this. Yeah. Um, for, the, for for people who are the closest to us mm-hmm. and, and if they don't because they feel that they're going to hurt us mm-hmm. uh, maybe we need to think about ah does that speak about me how they see me that they don't think they can tell me mm-hmm. 
that goes back to that self-awareness mm-hmm. uh, or they're not really good enough friends yeah. for mm-hmm. me to keep the closest to me to keep me accountable does that make sense yes it yeah. does yeah, yeah. so yeah. so truth tellers in your life yeah that's right but also the, the important the, the other part is important right not just like oh you're not good enough friend but also hey you know have i given this friend opportunity for them to feel safe enough right. to tell me the truth that's <laughs> a really good point <laughs> does yeah. that make sense yeah, yeah. because yeah. It, we can be quickly right yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. read enough people and it's like hey you know maybe it's me <laughs> yeah the problem and that on it so it tells me something yeah so yeah that that's a way anyways yeah mm. no, I, I think that. i think that idea about accountability is uh, especially important in a leadership situation mm. which is mm. what we see Saul in mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. if you're at the top of the tree in what whichever tree you happen to be in mm. uh, it's really important that you gather around you good people to to be your accountability people yeah. because otherwise want to be accountable. sorry he didn't want to be accountable yeah yeah, yeah that's right that's right why What's the trait of personality? Yeah, okay. It'd be pride. Exactly. Yeah, uh, that's pride, what I think. Yeah. That's that's the word that comes from. Because when because it's interesting when we actually um, first meet um, Saul back in verse eight and nine, it's a case of he was actually quite a um, humble man. By the time we we're here in verse fifteen, mm. he's very prideful mm. and he he doesn't want to hear about it. And talking about giving him a hard truth. So if you go actually a little bit further, Samuel certainly gives him. So not only just talking about the the lowing and everything, he he goes into in verse twenty two. He's talking about you know it's it's better to obey the obey God than you know offer him all these sacrifices. Yeah. Uh, in verse twenty three, he starts comparing that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Mm. That would have hit hard home to an yeah. Israelite, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 To us, that might be uh, whatever. I've read that a million times, mm. but to them, that would have been like you what? And, it, <laughs> and it's foreshadowing something chronic, isn't it? Yeah. Like, like when yeah. you think about the, where he's going mm. and the second half of that verse because you have rejected the word of god he has rejected you from being king mm. um saul is now he's in panic mode he's he's saying he's saying i've i've transgressed um can you come and we'll, we'll get together so that i can be pardoned mm. um however we can see here that's a case of well I'm sorry for what I've done because of the consequences, not because yeah. of um, the the flaw in my character. And then Samuel reiterates that you, God has rejected you. You you won't um, as king, so it won't pass to you mm. to your um, to your line. So mm. yeah, it was some really really harsh words. Yeah. So and and that probably talks about that idea of somebody comes after going so hard. He wasn't interested in reconnecting, reconnecting with the source of uh, his spiritual mm. appeasement. He was interested in the material kingdom mm-hmm. yeah. himself. The here and the now, he forgot about who gave him the kingdom, who appointed him, who mm. said, hey, you know, you're going to be the one. Yeah. Um, and, and, that, and I think pride is the key because let us think about how many things happen as a result of pride. We neglectful, we cover up for or we do not want to listen. And, and, and we cannot blame the guy again because he had a lot of things going on for him. Mm-hmm. But this is something that naturally happens to us as human beings. I remember my, my kids when they were tiny, tiny little. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 you know, different kids, different tendencies. I will neglect to say which one uh, was more inclined to this. But, um, but both of them, you know, when, when they were doing something, you know, they, I think there is about two years difference between my kids. And, and one will do something to the other. And they were tiny. They say, hey, you know, you need to go and say, I'm sorry. And they will cry mm. straight away. 
where did they learn that? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I yeah. Don't think like, is that me? Like, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm upset for saying sorry. Uh, I have made my task to actually say sorry a lot if need, need needing uh, and meaningfully because of what I saw with my kids so little mm. that they were so pride-filled to actually apologize for something that they did wrong. Mm-hmm. I really like that. That's a great yeah. parenting tip. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, but admit that you've done things wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where we actually this is a different topic. We're going to some serious parenting. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, let's do that sometime. <laughs> but um, uh, repair, rupture, and repair. There's always ruptures and repairs in parenting, children relationships, as well as couples and friendships. And the repair comes with this idea of apology. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, pride. Then if we fast forward into his life, what what is next? Uh, I don't know what. Oh, I wanted to read um, chapter sixteen, verse fourteen, because so after this, uh, David is anointed king. Yes. And it says uh, after that, immediately after that, it says, "But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him." And that's where we get into that part that you were talking about. If we read on in verse 16, it talks about how that he would need to seek out someone who was a skillful player of the harp. And it just so happened that that was David. Yeah, <laughs> okay, okay. yeah, yeah. So you didn't have that peace. Yeah. What so what do you think sp- about this idea of the distressing spirit coming after the spirit of the Lord had departed? Well, that's the idea of potential. You know, this is where the science lift be, lift us behind. Right. There is, you know, a spiritual possession that we don't talk about, at least not here in the country where we live. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I come from, we talk a lot about okay. that. You know, spirituality and demonic stuff mm-hmm. and unexplicable supernatural things are mm-hmm. very uh, not un- as uncommon yeah. uh, as, as we would think. It's kind of a blind spot in science, though. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, and that's the reason why it's, it's hard to pathologize what is going on but we just go by signs and symptoms i mean we could and, and i want to be careful here because i don't want to if when i think about what he was going through that turmoil that affliction that shame that guilt um that he's experiencing that rage and anger mm-hmm. you know because that's what he was like mm-hmm. um i don't want to say that any if anybody who is listening to this even us included sitting here on this table if we have any of those that it, that means that we're you know possessed, possessed by some weird spirit you know uh, a spirit of the devil right because that's not the intention but there could be an element of of that for sure mm-hmm. in, in in this in this example and it also probably indicates the fact that he's he hasn't resolved the issues right he hasn't made it right with god he hasn't correct. had the true repentance and forgiveness experience correct mm-hmm. correct uh, it's like it goes back to that idea of grieving the holy spirit mm-hmm. the spirit of the lord you know grieving god by a continuously declining to do what is right when you know what's right mm-hmm. um, uh, the other, the other uh, I, w- I will seek your knowledge on this which is what happened first uh, David meeting Saul before anointing before uh, David's anointing mm-hmm. or he met and then he was anointed later what 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 do you think I think he was anointed first okay I think. So by the time David and Saul yeah. met, he was already anointed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That so. seems to be the narrative. Yeah. Okay. In in the sequence of yeah. the... Okay. Mm. So the way it's fine. written. Yeah. So and, and an interesting detail here, which I don't know whether this is going to be yeah. instructive to what you're about to say. In verse um, 21, it says, David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. And here's the... Yeah. And so here's the question. Yeah. Would he have loved him if he knew he was the anointed? Right. <laughs> yeah, that is a good question because nah. I don't know whether at this point he knew that. And I don't well, know. I will there to yeah. Oh, so I was just going to point out that even if he was anointed, um, also got to rem- remember that David is not an adult yet. Right? No, he's still a young. He's, a he's still a young kid. So might not see him as a threat. He, yeah, exactly. So it, it, is, is he looking at Saul as like in? Let me put it this way: 
in David's mind, is Saul a bad guy? Or is Saul... No. Yeah. And Never. So, exactly. And so if, if he's viewing Saul as God's anointed, he's probably thinking more like, this is, a men- this is the best mentorship arrangement ever. I'm going to be the next king and I get to learn from From the one. king himself. Yeah. 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 Even, even when he was when just sidetracking there, and we didn't talk about this last time, but even when he was being persecuted, mm. uh, he, David, that, that is, didn't like when somebody wanted to kill the anointed of God. Yeah. yeah. That tells a lot about him. Yeah, yeah. Very strong commitment. Eh? Yeah. Mm. But going back to the soul mm. idea is he's very... Um, um, He's very rational in some ways, very emotionally. Um, his emotional reasoning is where he's being led by a lot. Mm-hmm. And his emotional reasoning is led by the perception he has of himself. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was just asking about whether David and uh, Saul had met David beforehand, because I think maybe he will have reacted differently. And the question here is for Saul, at what point in time did he see this guy as a threat? Mm. I mean, would he have been enough when he... Uh, when he comes and he sees that this little guy kills a massive monster that him and every the whole army is scared of. Mm-hmm. I, I have no idea. It doesn't seem to be at that point Correct. in the narrative. It happened until what happens, which is what Ben has mentioned yeah, twice. Yeah. <laughs> Thousands and ten S- thousand. I was just looking for that. Yeah. <laughs> that is when we see him like, ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. This Public guy opinion. is Reputation. a pet. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the likes, the promotion, the hey, you know, this guy is... Um, What's that ego you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, when I compare my Instagram to Jasper, to Riaga's moment. <laughs> Jasper, you're watching this? Yeah, uh, we, we love you, Jasper. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ah, oh, this guy, you know, we, need, we must hack his account and yeah. get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> but Start taking photos like his photos and, you know... I know, <laughs> like, I need a camera like his first. Yeah. Um, so, and the knowledge. I was about to say, I don't the experience and knowledge, it yeah. won't make a difference, yeah. Uh, so um, he 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 had this comparison. He went back to the pride. So that's the center of his issue, right? It, his personality became, uh, well, maybe you could call it narcissistic in mm. some ways. Mm-hmm. Self-centered, lack of accountability, oppression, putting people down to his own account, mm-hmm. uh, not not being uh, well, lack of accountability, not acknowledging what mm-hmm. his real issues were. Um, I think that's a, that's a thing. Yeah. That's a, that's and do you think that because thing. of that, do you think because of all of that build up, you could say in in his experience that the guilt, the the need to defend himself, or all, all of that, do you think that was like the primary fuel for his hate and pursuit of David, the fact that he was not uh, able to get peace from all of this, and so yeah. David was then the embodiment of his problems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, pride holds us from acknowledging. Mm. Mm. And, and I think that's one of the uh, insights and acknowledgement are different, right? Insight is recognizing a problem, but acknowledgement is like, I actually, I have a problem. I said it. I, mm. I confess about it. I own it. Uh, yeah, you own it. You mm. own it. So potentially, if he had gone through this process of acknowledgement, maybe things could have been different for him. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. I would like to think that they would be. I think. I think it, you can almost guarantee that they would have been because they were for David, right? Yeah, and as yeah. you said, there's some very yeah. similar like parallels between mm-hmm. the two. Yeah. It's 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 almost like the the major difference is that David was willing to acknowledge. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and 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 he 
he he went back and forth. I mean, at some point in time, as you read, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord left him. But he went back and forth between trying to be good yeah, yeah. and then he swept to be bad. Yeah. I mean, he was calling this David guy to help him because he was the only one who had this, who I believe came with God's spirit yeah, yeah. <laughs> to mm -hmm. play this sacred yeah. music that appeased his song. Mm. Uh, and at the same time, every so often he will hate the guy. Mm. Can I pose an alternate uh, yeah. understanding of okay. that verse? Which one? Uh, the verse that says that uh, the Spirit of the Lord departed from him and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. Okay. Because then when we read on at the end of the chapter, it says in verse 23, so it was whenever the Spirit from God was upon Paul that mm -hmm. David would take his harp and play it, then for Saul would become refreshed and well and the distressing spirit would depart from him, right? Mm -hmm. So certainly one legitimate application of that is to say that there was this sort of evil uh, spirit that was you know, present with him, oppressing him in some way, right? Mm -hmm. um, but maybe another way you could read that would be, because um, it does... It does seem to sound like the spirit that that, uh, that was distressing him came from the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you could say that that was that sort of nagging of conscience that mm. was getting at Saul whenever he had like a quiet moment um, that he realized, like you said, that he had mm -hmm. done wrong. Mm -hmm. And then when David would come and play, as you said, with the spirit of the Lord present with David, that Saul mm -hmm. would, re would receive some uh, refreshment from yeah. that. What do you yeah. think about that? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mentioned before the two, uh, a couple of words, but the key words in terms of symptomatology, if you want to call it, but the guilt and shame, mm -hmm. which is what happens when, you know, yeah. you're mentioning that God is saying, hey, you know, you're messing yeah. up, you're messing up. Mm -hmm. uh, guilt and shame. So he comes and he gets a bit of appeasement. Um, because because I want to I add to what I was saying. What Samuel didn't say to Saul is that God... Um, has rejected you. He said mm. to him, God has rejected you as king. Mm -hmm. And those two things are two yeah. very different things. And so I think God is still pursuing Saul the person. Mm. Yeah. Right? And so, yeah. So, so yeah. He didn't leave him to his own device. Exactly. I, I like what you're clarifying. So yeah. it's not like God left him and that's it, you know. Yeah. Forget mm -hmm. about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, He's lost. Yeah. Mm. Dead to me. <laughs> if I were to clinicalize this, or that's not even a word, pathologize this. Uh, <laughs> Hey, you're a doctor. You can make up your own words. Shakespeare did it all the time. Oh, okay. I never studied Shakespeare. Oh, what I'm meaning is like a great percentage of the English language he invented. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. No, when you don't do high school in here, I don't know. That's right. I didn't finish high school. You only know these things if you have an A2 pad, by the way. Um, so <laughs> scientifically De derailed <laughs> yeah anyway well, what were you saying well i'm thinking you know uh let, let's think about his the characteristics uh guilt shame mm -hmm. anger mm -hmm. um uh, lack of ability to recognize what's going on mm -hmm. i mean some lack of insight we have this personality trait maybe narcissistic but maybe a deep sunk depression mm -hmm. some people were talking behind the scenes about this right and that some people think, hey, you know, maybe he was uh, possessed. We we'll talk about that a little bit now. But uh, maybe he had a bipolarity of some kind. Mm -hmm. um, I don't necessarily see a bipolarity in some ways in terms of the manic symptomatology that we know necessarily clinically. But definitely, this if he w if he were to be manic, which I don't see, it was more like a rage, and that's not just mania. Mm -hmm. It would be more of a manic depressive episode. It would probably be just more very very sunk and depressed. When we think about some people in some traditions and cultures and, and, and tribes, they say, you know, my spirit is very downhearted. Uh, mm -hmm. That's a very sophisticated way to say it. But that's the inten intention is to say, like, I'm super sad, mm -hmm. super, super uh, uh, empty. Yeah. There's an emptiness that comes with depression. This down mm. spiral, you feel like you're going to feel like sad and empty and with no purpose and lost. Yeah. 
And so David comes and he brings, you know, a joy, a peacing with the music. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, what interests me as well is, I don't know if you ever, this has happened to me and this might not happen to you. But I know that there is areas of my life, oh, my, in my journey rather, as a role, as as as, a, as a, my life narrative, where I have been in better places and sometimes in not so better places. Mm -hmm. and, and I would like to talk about the spiritual aspect right mm -hmm. here. And, and sometimes when I'm in some of those not very good places spiritually, I actually don't like when people. Um, I don't, don't like. I feel rebuked. Mm. by meeting and hanging around people who I know are really good spiritually at okay. that time or I perceive it yeah. because I feel rebuked I was like oh I don't want to yes. hang around these guys yeah. or these ladies mm -hmm. or whatever yeah. does that mm -hmm. make sense? yes it does mm -hmm. because <laughs> it's a personal rebuke yeah. and I'm just mentioning this I don't have an answer to this or maybe as we converse and bounce ideas mm. something will come but it interests me so much the thing that these guys were so wrong and yet he liked David who brought the yeah. spirit of God yeah. he's like I like to see this guy yeah. mm -hmm. and I wonder you know is, if for me he's like I don't like to be around them because it rebukes me to think that they're vegan and I'm not I'm, I'm not talking about that but you know yeah. <laughs> I'm just making a joke I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't um, but um, but the, it is it is it is it is not that it, it is the fact that um, uh, for 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 Saul, he's he's doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. He's liking this person, and sometimes I wonder, you know, if we feel spiritually at peace to hang around people who are who we perceive, because we we have this perception of levels, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, if I hang around them, I, I might be maybe maybe I'll hold on to their ankle when they as they ascend to the next level. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Or if the Lord comes and I'm yeah. like, I'm going. Right. 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 And, and and I wonder what was going on in David's David in Saul's mind. Obviously, mm -hmm. the music was, and we know scientifically speaking. By the way, we yep. know that music therapy is an important thing. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, it, it is. Um, it works. Yeah, there is mm -hmm. science behind. I was going to ask you that question. Yeah, it, it, it does work. Uh, music therapy. Can I pose a, a possible answer to your question? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so not certainly not willing to say this is the answer, but it's a possible ah, answer. Yeah, that's um, what we're doing here. As we were analyzing David, we, one of the things that we noticed was that David was very authentic, right? Yes. And and I, I suggested that maybe some of the psalms that we read were some of the songs that David might have come and played and sang before <laughs> Saul when he was having these episodes, mm -hmm. and. One one of those characteristics of the Psalms is that they are just really like just so raw, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe one of the reasons why Saul didn't feel that sense of like rebuke that you're talking about with David, even though David had the Spirit of the Lord with him, mm -hmm. was that David was authentic about his journey with the Spirit of the Lord. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> so he, he wasn't like a holier than thou kind of figure <laughs> in Saul's mind. Exactly, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so, come with that, yes. And I say that from experience because I know that, you know, when when you have those those times that you're talking about where you're not going so great and there are people in your life that you don't necessarily have that authentic friendship with right, that right. you feel very rebuked by. But if yeah, you've got a friend yeah. who might be in a good place spiritually but they're, they're very authentic with you, I don't feel that. Mm. Do you know so what they, I mean? So, so you argue, we could argue that they maybe they were close, very very close. I mean, if he's your Amor Bera, you have mm -hmm. to you trust have him. To trust trust him. him. <laughs> you like. Yeah. So at what point in time did this guy decides to kill David? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something, and, and this is where maybe it was one of those manic episodes. Maybe it was, oh, but it was it lasted for too long. I don't know for how long because we don't have a time. How long does say. it like a manic episode? Like what what is the time limit for that? Well, this is we don't have a, such a thing okay but you could go for maybe weeks months but and not usually years. you'll crash yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. what no, I no, meant no, no, by no, that no. though was that it might have been a catalyst, right? Well, he might have had one of those those um, whether it was a depressive manic manic episode or a bipolar manic episode doesn't really matter. But when he yeah. had one of those episodes, it he could have been a catalyst for for what sort of spurred him on in that, that direction. Yeah, yeah, he, he could definitely mm-hmm. be. I, I I like to hold on to that comment that you made before in terms of uh, God didn't reject him. Yeah. Mm. But I wonder if he, I, I don't know if that's what you alluded. I'm thinking you, you might have alluded to that. And if not, I'll bring it up because it looks like he thought that he did. Though. Yes. Mm. Yes. Uh, and, and this is where a bit of treatment comes. I mean, I don't know yeah. where we're in this episode, but yeah, I'm yeah. thinking of resolutions in Go. here, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe we're not. <laughs> but basically, the only thing I was, I was going to talk about was his suicide. So like, oh, guess. okay, we'll, we'll come to that. Yeah. But mm. I'm thinking, I'm thinking here that he... There's, there's a therapy in, in psychology, psychiatry that we call cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. It continues mm-hmm. to be the golden standard for most therapies in terms of depression, anxiety, even psychosis, uh, because he has the most uh, clinical trials evidence. Uh, and, and that therapy, there's a lot of things, but at large, is based on challenging belief systems. Mm-hmm. You know, belief systems that are based on evidence. And he lost track of that evidence that in despite of the things that he has done, mm-hmm. God could have stricken him right there and then and kill him mm-hmm. because that used to happen back then. <laughs> and he knows the story of the Israelites. Mm-hmm. And, and he's still there alive and bring, being brought some deliverance with, through David and his therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and I think he lost, he became hopeless. Mm. He became hopeless, which I think leads back to the end of his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what happened, I guess, at the end? Uh, he went to war. Mm-hmm. And um, then... Can I interrupt you for one second? Yeah. I just I just want to clarify something you've been skirting around. Okay, um, and that is, you, you said, like, when did this happen, right? Mm-hmm. So the song that Ben's been um, bringing us back to, that David yeah. has killed his tens of thousands, the soul his thousands. After that, it says, So Saul eyed David from that day forward. And it happened on the next day that this distressing spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied inside the house. So David played his music, etc., etc. In verse 11 says, And Saul cast the spear, for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. And then in verse 12 it says, Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. Which just really, I think, clarifies what you were saying there, that, the, that Saul had this faulty picture of God, right? That, that God was with David. But not with him, right? God likes David, but God doesn't like me, right? Whereas that wasn't that wasn't what was going on in God's mind. It wasn't that he had stopped liking Saul. Correct. It's just he was unable to use Saul anymore. (laughs) And 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 I think at the literal uh, level, it does continue to look like God just left him on his own device. Yeah. But it was when you look and we started very at the at the beginning and how he did various things along the way of choices declining God's counsel, Mm -hmm. advice, requirements, Mm. requests, commands. Mm. And so it was David's doing. Yep. Uh, Saul. Saul's doing. Yeah, Saul's doing. Saul's doing. I'm saying David, I'm looking. We're, we're translating now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you speak Spanish. Um, it was Saul's doing. Uh, and okay, thank you for bringing that, that point of transition. Yeah, and, uh, and, I, and just to add to that again, uh, what you're saying, I think Dave, David was, was God's messenger to Saul, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Samuel had said, I'm not coming to you anymore, right? <laughs> but God kept sending David, right? And then even, like, imagine how Saul felt on the morning after David had spared his life in the cave mm. when he realized mm. he could have killed me, but he yeah. didn't. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Right? That was God again inviting him to, to believe, I still love you. Yeah. And, and yet, did he leave David alone? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, David, my son. <laughs> like, I'm come so here, glad. Come here to me. I love you. And then, yeah, like five minutes later, it's. Stab me on the back. Yeah. Uh, but another, another thing that I mean, you mentioned that Samuel said, I'm not coming here anymore. Mm. And, and, and you could imagine, I mean, giving some humane yes. thoughts yeah, to, I like that. to Saul. He's like, hey, you know pastor is not visiting me the elders don't come anymore yep. maybe because they're busy or maybe because God said like, you know invest your time somewhere else uh, I don't know and I'm on my own mm. I'm on my own fully rejected God and man correct but that wasn't the case God was there <laughs> God was there so it wasn't that he was rejected at all yeah and that's where the therapy comes yeah Hey, is there evidence that actually God has is giving you opportunities I, I'm interested in that text you read because I don't and I, I don't know if we have any answers there, but um, saying that he, he prophesied. Mm-hmm. Mm. Was it David? Was he Saul? Or was it God? Mm-hmm. And, and I wonder if we can extrapolate and make uh, holy imaginations here, uh, assumptions that maybe that was the time to say, hey, you know, this guy who is coming to a picture, he's the next kid. Like, ah, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slam. <laughs> there was a prophecy given was something that yeah. was going to happen in the future. Who knows what that was? Maybe. But obviously it made him angry. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, but then anyhow, we we come into his death. Yes. Right? Yep. Sorry um, for diverting you. No, no, that's important. Good, that's yeah. a good thing because I think it is important. Yeah. So what happens at his death? He goes to war. They are about to. He's losing the battle. Mm-hmm. It's almost over. Jonathan and dies. His yep. son that was is a dead. Big gone. Yeah. Um, and he's about to get captured. Mm-hmm. And what did he say? <laughs> still, <laughs> still, his ego is yeah. present. I'm yeah. not gonna be accountable for everything I've done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kill me. Kill me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, he asked his armor bearer too, but his armor bearer, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, not happening. Um, and, and so he kills himself. Mm. And today we know that one of the factors uh, that um, that contribute to people sticking their lives is this sense of hopelessness and helplessness, mm-hmm. um, which is a sad factor. Yeah, uh, it's more than that. It's very complex. I probably should make a bracket here with whoever listens, and maybe this is something we could have said in the previous episode. But uh, mm. talking about this stuff can be staring to people mm. emotionally and mentally. So, um, I mean, he, we're here in Australia. I know that you get listened and watched around the world, but in Australia, you know, there's Lifeline. Mm-hmm. There is some people don't want to talk through Lifeline. Um, they can actually now there is a service SMS text messaging through Lifeline mm-hmm. um, do whatever you need if you don't know what Lifeline is Google Lifeline Australia and you'll find it in the United States which I should suspect you have a big audience as well uh, there is also Lifeline yeah. uh, and so you just have to do Lifeline where you are and, and, and talk to somebody mm-hmm. if you're feeling distressed Definitely. because and the other thing this is no professional advice that's something that we have to make sure that yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make that clear yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so he, he comes to this point of despair and he, 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 because of pride, he's gone. So the, 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 the question is, what could have avoided that? We talked a little bit about it already. Mm. Acknowledging the mess ups, mm-hmm. owning it. Um, we talked a little bit about forgiveness last time, but I think here it becomes very prominent. Saul couldn't see God forgiving him because in, I think when we, we can extrapolate in his mind forgiveness is restoration to everything he ever had mm-hmm. and, and and that takes right. away the consequence right, right. 
Yeah. And forgiveness doesn't have to do that. Yeah. It's like when we talk about last time, you know, you come, you 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 um you punch me or slap me, and I have the right to do it the same after night. But I let it go because I forgive the right to retaliate mm-hmm. or to to mm-hmm. damage you like you did. Um, but when I forgive you, sometimes you know, if you keep on punching me every time I see you, do I have to keep on restoring that relationship? Maybe not. Right, might be a uh, good time to walk yeah, away. Yeah, I think about domestic violence as a very simple example, yeah, or yeah. very complex, rather serious example. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm thinking here that Sol is uh, not seeking forgiveness, maybe because his heart and is not in the right place. He doesn't have the intention. But also maybe um, he's seeking a restoration. If it goes back to that pride, nilly willy thing, my mm-hmm. way or the highway, I want to be the king forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that could have been avoided by a simple, sincere forgiveness. And the, the mm-hmm. verse in James comes to mind where it talks about uh, confess your faults one to another, mm-hmm. that you might be healed and pray one for another. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had guilt of what he did. He had guilt of what he did to other people. He had guilt of knowing that he is persecuting somebody who is innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not willing because of pride to acknowledge. And so the that's sad. W- the weight was just so big, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Too big, too big to bear. Anybody with that will struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about last time about that poison cup. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what we're talking about, go and watch that episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you watch the first episode. That's right. <laughs> uh, that poison cup, um, you're just killing yourself mm-hmm. um, mentally. And in this case, he did it physically and he's mm-hmm. gone. Yep. Yeah. Well, Those I, are my thoughts about, I, about him. I would love to get you back on and talk specifically about suicide because this is a very sort of uh, closed window to suicide the, the life of yeah. Saul right mm-hmm. and and there might be opportunity to explore that in further depth at another time yeah, but yeah. something that I've, I've noticed through both David and Saul's life that we've been exploring so far is that uh, and again I mentioned this in the first episode but I just think it's so important when we see the humanity of David and Saul and all of the other biblical characters we realize that there's a complexity to mm. to their life and their mental experience mm. um, that I think sometimes we neglect when we read the Bible right we tend to flatten it into good guys and bad guys right and, yeah right mm-hmm. but as you mentioned at the beginning of this episode and I think it's crucial that we remember that mm-hmm. Saul was a good guy right mm-hmm. uh, and and I think at heart all the way along he was a good guy, right? Mm. And that's why God was just trying to reach out and reach out, right? He's but so but he made decisions along the way that, that brought this burden and this complexity into his life, right? Mm. That never took him uh, like so far away from, uh, from being a good guy that he could never come back, um, right? But they, but they did take him further and further away from that, right? And at the end, like you said, it just got too much for him and he couldn't bear it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so which, which really, like, just to go back to your cognitive behavioral therapy idea, uh, really uh, brings, I guess, to the fore in my mind how important it is to, to be making good choices, thinking good thoughts, yeah. um, processing well, yeah. um, and, and sort of working through the complexities rather than letting the complexities rule our experience. In, in the way that Saul did. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So just like just to sort of tie the ends of, of this episode together, mm-hmm. um, I, I think obviously we've, we've talked a lot about uh, his experience and we just talked about his, his, his fact he did commit suicide um, and... Took his own life. Yeah. yeah. Took his own life. I, I think it's well, important ooh. to say it. I, I was going to say, so I, I'm just we'll curious... We'll come back and talk about it. Oh, yeah, we'll come back and talk about that. All right, cool. <laughs> Well, the thing that I was going to say is, even though uh, obviously we know 
we know his end. Yeah. But if Saul was to have consulted you before he met his end, um, what would have? I, I think we already have highlighted it, but just to make just to maybe clear about it, I guess, what would you have recommended to him if he was in that position, thinking the way he was thinking? Sure. Definitely music therapy because it works for him yeah. Yeah. As, okay. as a more regular treatment, not just an, as an sporadic thing. Yeah. But um, I think going back to processing the things that were afflicting him, and mm. which is basically what we've been talking about. Yeah. yeah. So acknowledging that. Person. What is afflicting you right now, right here is, and we should, I think next episode when we record, we will talk a little bit about this, I reckon, because it's important. Yeah. Or maybe not. I don't know. But <laughs> going going against your against your unconscious. Yeah. When you this is what we call cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. uh, when you go against your unconscious, uh, you're gonna be afflicted. Mm -hmm. There is no way out of uh, out of that. You can go and live as happy as you can. You can you can exercise. You can you can exercise, eat well, drink well, be tempered. But if you are constantly challenging your conscious beliefs of what is right mm -hmm. uh, you, 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 you're not going to feel peace mm. you, you're just going to have a lack of peace that's just yeah. the bottom line sometimes and this is the thing I mean this is this is my perception this is my this is not psychology this is more uh, maybe more uh, Christian theology of some kind but mm. uh, and this is my perception of uh, there were many things that he needed to make right with people that he had damaged and I'm sure there were many things that nobody knew he did mm. that he could just have a peace with God yeah so both things need to be implemented. You know, mm -hmm. there's many things that we do. Uh, I think, I don't know if the Bible says it or some, whatever, some uh, spiritual writings that talk about, you know, sins or wrongdoings that we do in our secret chambers. Yeah. Right? So mm -hmm. those things you can do with God, it hasn't damaged anybody. Maybe maybe you have sinned against somebody, but not really at, at the physical, real, tangible mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. Just fix them with God. And then you have the things that when you have, you know, really messed it up and, and it's yeah. tangible and it's and people are suffering as a result. Like David, mm. poor guy, you know, doing mm. his own therapy journaling yeah. and, and traumatized because he's being followed by this guy trying <laughs> to be killed, mm. uh, killing him. Uh, so that's what I will do. I will go back to, hey, you know, what is afflicting your conscience? Mm. Uh, a lot of people today carry a lot of that guilt and shame. Usually when there is depression that is not clinical, mm -hmm. and there is a different, this is probably mm -hmm. a different episode, there is different kinds of depression, mm -hmm. uh, we come to some aspects of relational link depressions. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, relational link depressions are to do with resentment. Mm -hmm. And when you look at it, why cannot we let go of resentment? It's because it hurts us. Yeah. It hurts ourselves, the self, the pride, the mm. how dare you did that to me, mm. the most mm. handsome, complex, olive-looking guy, <laughs> king of the Israelites. Yeah. Cannot be like that. Not even you, God, can do that. Mm. I'm the king. You cannot let me not be the king. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what I will do. Huh? And, and people can do that. People can do that. Um, through therapy or through uh, mm -hmm. with God, and this is the beautiful thing about the godly thing, the, the spiritual aspect, the religious spirituality is that it's free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and sometimes it is about that. Mm -hmm. There is other other times when you need, uh, you definitely need professional help, yeah. and I think yeah. Saul will have needed professional. Yeah, help. <laughs> yeah. he needed something, but that part that was holding him back from being at peace um, could have been solved mm. a little bit earlier along the peace. Mm. 
Amen. And I think that's a good uh, reminder as well that it's a lot easier to fix the problems when they occur rather than trying to fix it when there's so much complexity 10 mm. years down the track. Mm -hmm. So right now is always the best time to take action to fix something. Today we have, yes. Yeah. Mm. Well, Beautiful. we are going to uh, stop this one right there. We will catch you guys next week for another episode. If you've enjoyed this one, please share it with your friends. And um, thank you for um, yeah journeying with us through these Bible characters. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. And that's the end of another episode. Just before I head off, I want to encourage you to go over to our page on Facebook and also our account on Instagram and follow us there because that is where we interact with our listeners and we would love for you to enter in and join the conversation. Also, while you're signing up, I would also recommend signing up to our mailing list on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. If you do that, you will receive our exclusive content because occasionally we do release exclusives and they only go out to our mailing list so i would strongly recommend you go and sign up for that if you have a few more minutes to be one of the most amazing listeners on the planet you can go over to itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because reviews help us to grow and they help other people to find us so if you want to help us reach those goals please jump in and give us a review the final message that i'd like to leave you with is to let you know about our patreon account now Patreon is a way for creators to get paid for creating and ultimately what we do does cost money to get us hosted and have the services that we need to run the podcast and so if you'd like to help us do that jump over onto patreon.com slash oztabletalk and you can you can give anything from even a dollar a month upwards but at different levels there are different benefits different rewards that we want to give you just to say thank you for being an amazing supporter of ours if you can't afford that we would just gratefully accept your prayers because that is what our ministry runs on. And so with that, I will leave you to your day and thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.